0: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals. Wall measures. Neal gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Pierce with two.
1: Pierce falling away at the horn. Heads
0: down. With Morris Wall, Neal, and Gortel. Gortel uh, can't find anybody.
2: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Today's episode is about the draft and the fallout and everything. Tonight I have with me one of my co-hosts and awesome voices of the All Things episodes that we are featuring every Monday. I have Becca with me, at Becca MVP. What's up, Becca?
1: Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm excited to talk about the draft.
2: Hopefully everyone's doing well. Um, Yeah, hopefully you guys are okay down there. Yeah, so the Wizards ended up actually keeping the draft pick, which was nice. Uh, They kept the 15th draft pick. And we ended up selecting Troy Brown, uh, who, as soon as, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski, the Woj Bomb, dropped that the Wizards were seriously considering uh, Troy Brown, I immediately was like, who? Because there were options there that I had seen that we had covered. Uh, I believe Robert Williams was still there. Lonnie Walker was still there and Troy Brown's name was just something I had no idea. Did you know who Troy Brown was going into it?
1: I heard of him, and I know that the Wizards worked out with him, I believe maybe a week ago or a week and a half ago or something, but he he never crossed my mind as a possible selection, so I was seriously confused. When the bomb dropped on Twitter, I was just like, are you kidding me right now? Like, Ernie, like, we have these guys that we were highly considering. And then he switched to Troy Brown. So I was completely shocked. And I know everybody else was, too.
2: Right. Which yeah. Nice. I mean, I think that's the, the main problem that nobody's really discussing is that we ended up picking someone, you know, we outbid ourselves for how, you know, they're showing, you know, the top draft picks available. And I didn't see his name on there. So, like, that probably means, you know, he wasn't high on a lot of people's draft boards, which, but you could have probably traded back, gotten maybe a second round pick, maybe some other type of compensation, and then selected, you know, your guy, Troy Brown, at a later pick and, you know, secured another draft pick. Um, What was your reaction to it? Uh, aside from the confusion because I think uh 99% of us were like who or like I I don't understand why Troy Brown is going at 15.
1: Well first of all I was seriously angry because I had just spent all week making these all things (laughs) Rob Williams, Miles Bridges, Lonnie Walker you know I just I, I spent so much time researching all these other players and really like hoping that we would get one of them and like you said, you know, Lonnie Walker and Robert Williams were available and we just didn't pick them, so I was just baffled and confused and I was a little angry and you know, I saw other people angry on Twitter, so I kinda got riled up and our group chat made us angry made me more angry and I just I I, I didn't understand it and I was really upset, I'm not gonna lie, initially.
2: Yeah. I just saw the names that were remaining and it's like OK, so between Robert Williams and Lonnie Walker, you know, if we pick one of those two players, we'll be fine. At least there's a talent there. Right. But then when Troy Brown's name was mentioned, I immediately went into a spiral. I, 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 first of all, I didn't know who he was. Second of all, like you mentioned, you covered you and Ian did a bunch of episodes with covering draft pl- draft picks and he wasn't one of them. So out of like the top five players that we looked into, he was not one of them. I didn't see his name on the list of draft picks that were still available. So I, yeah, I don't really know what was going on, but you know, there's rationale behind it. We're not the experts. I mean, unfortunately Ernie is, but you know, we're, we're just fans and we're on Twitter and, they're well, the ones we remember,
1: making the too, that, you know, we are, like you said, we are just fans. We're on Twitter. We're keyboard warriors, I guess. And um, we aren't the general manager. And we don't know if they have a trade in the making or they have, you know, something else going on. We don't have the full story. I heard that Williams and Walker and uh, Michael Porter Jr., they all have injuries, you know, it's hard for us to say, you know, oh, this was an awful pick, because we really can't say for sure. But there is rationale and there is good in this pick and we'll get into it. But yeah, initially, I mean, we were all confused and stunned that Ernie would pick him after everything we've been through. And I was a little salty because I spent all that that time researching all those other players and producing episodes. And I I thought for sure, like, you know, I thought for sure one of them was going to get chosen when we had the opportunity to pick Walker or Williams. I was like, great, Golden. So I just, you know, it was very confusing, but I moved on to accept it now.
2: Yeah, which is unfortunately what a lot of us do. You know, we get insulted in our faces, but then we cope with it. And now we're probably looking forward to seeing what Troy Brown can do. Um, so yeah, that you bring up a lot of good points. Uh, we are going to dive more into this. Uh, we're going to take a look at how the pick is going to make an impact on the roster considering, you know, Scott Brooks had players like Chris McCullough and Devin Rodgers Jr. and they never saw the light of day. The jam pack that we have now with Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter, and Troy Brown, how can lineups work? And lastly, something that all of us were expecting, especially on Twitter, the marching Gortat trade end of an era in D.C. that never happened. We're going to maybe talk about that and see what we think will happen with Gortat when we come back.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
2: Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Locked on Wizards podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter Twitter, at Locked on Wizards and make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. We have really petitioned for you guys to write some reviews to tell us how we're doing, tell us what you like, tell us what you want to hear, and especially on Twitter where we want to get some more Twitter people on here to give us their perspective. Because as we know, Wizards Twitter is divided with Any conversation piece that you can think of. Otto Porter, Bradley Beal, John Wall's contract. Everything has an opinion. And we want to hear all of them. So let's dive back into our topic for tonight, which is the NBA draft fallout. Uh, We selected Troy Brown with the 15th overall pick. And I'm not trying to discredit the second round pick, but if it's going to be a European stash player, like, you know, We're never going to see him a la Aaron White or Thomas Adoransky three years from now. So we'll get into that maybe in the future. But right now, it's all about Troy Brown. Uh, Becca, you mentioned some really good points about how, you know, we aren't the ones making, you know, trades or talking to GMs, lining up some potential other moves. But at the same time, with this front office, you can't really give them the benefit of a plan, um, mostly because we've never seen it in Ernie's entire tenure here. It's always been like, okay, I sign my my, you know, I use my cap space to sign a marquee player. I'm done, and then take a seat for the rest of the night. But Becca, what do you think are some moves that could be, you know, in the making based on the draft pick or anything that you've seen um, after the draft?
1: Well, I can see, I think realistically, if we're going to trade Gortat, um, I think we would have to trade maybe Ubre along with him. And it it would make sense because we now have three small forwards and we don't have room for all of them. And I just don't, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't say what type of trades I see coming. I know there was rumors, but, you know, it's, it's scary being a fan because you just can't tell. And we always are surprised in ways that we never thought would be possible. And most of the time, unfortunately, they're not good surprises, but for some reason I'm hopeful for this one. I can't be too sure, but yeah, I, I can see one of the small forwards getting traded. It would make
2: sense. Yeah. It, it definitely would, but something that I would consider doing, I've always been a big advocate to have Otto Porter in the stretch four position mainly because right, you know, his shooting would be so it is is so valuable, but if we, you know, match him up against power forwards that might, you know, not might not be able to contest from three-point land or maybe Otto can develop some off-the-dribble to attack the basket, but I don't necessarily see the need to, you know, knee-jerk trade one of the, you know, either Oubre or Porter, although I do understand why that can be a possibility, especially with Kelly Oubre's impending free agency next year. I mean, mm-hmm. are, are we going to be able to afford someone like Kelly Oubre, or, you know, are we going to want Kelly Oubre? Because the way he closed out the season and in the playoffs, Kelly Oubre was pretty hard to watch at the at times, um,
1: his best work for sure,
2: right? And there was a time, you know, at the beginning of last season where Kelly Oubre looked like a different player. He had some attack to the baskets. He had some moves, but you know, with time and Wall's injury, he got kind of exposed to the Kelly Oubre that he probably is still now. Obviously, we're in the off season, so he can be working on his game right now, which is very hopeful and. I think no Wizards fan is going against Kelly Oubre. Like, we want these players to grow. We want that problem to ask ourselves do we give him a max contract or do we trade him away? That would be a good problem to have. But with the Troy Brown acquisition, you know, something that I noticed that a lot of people were arguing about was what is his. I I guess what are his talents? What are his skills? And based on just some quick, you know, numbers and just information, uh, he's a six seven. He he's six foot seven, so already that's a really nice size, and he's pretty built. Um, he looks like, you know, he can handle some pressure and handle the one through four, unlike, you know, Otto Porter, who kind of is pretty slow. Laterally, and Kelly Oubre has all the potential, but just has no, you know, IQ or no, like, sense of, you know, just relax and let the play develop. He just wants to go 100 all the time. Um, Troy Brown seems like someone that they can install as, like, a defensive minded presence, which is something the Wizards desperately need. What do you think Troy Brown cracks the rotation, considering that Scott Brooks had players like Chris McCullough and Devin Robinson that never saw the light? How do you think Troy Brown can make the rotation, which is now the next subject of conversation?
1: Well, they on Twitter, and actually during the draft yesterday, they called him a Swiss knife because they think he's got a little bit of everything. And there's a lot to be said about him. He's a wingman who could move around the floor like a guard. He can create shots for himself and his teammates. And he's a decent two-way player. So it's... It's really valuable to have someone off the bench like that if he can, you know, follow through and if he can perform well in the NBA. It's very valuable to have someone like that. And I think he would be a good backup for uh, Otto. And, you know, coming off the bench, if we can have someone that can create shots and kind of run the floor every once in a while, that would be also beneficial to our backcourt as well. So I... The only thing that I think he needs to work on is his shooting a little bit. But other than that, I mean, I see a lot of potential in this guy.
2: Yeah. Um, Ian Evans, one of our other hosts, pointed out how, you know, Troy Brown has, like, a pretty decent jump shot. It's just, you know, his shooting percentages aren't great. But a lot of the players, um, you know, shout out to Damo, who is a guest on here. Uh, when I did an episode about LeBron James, Damo digged up you know, some Kawhi Leonard stats that you know, when Kawhi Leonard was drafted out of college, he didn't have a high three-point percentage, and neither does Troy Brown. So we can't immediately dismiss him. Oh, he's not going to be able to shoot. Well, yeah, not right now, but that's why he's going into the NBA. That's a lot why we're of players can't him. shoot
1: right now. Right. So to I-, I think it's really him. unfair that people are already knocking him without even giving him the summer to train with the wizards and at least step on the court. You know, it's, I I understand that in the past we've had bad luck with picks, but I don't really feel that with him. So I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. And I would suggest to everyone that you just wait and see. And before you automatically assume, Oh, he's bad because the reality is a lot of college players can't shoot as well before they enter the league and that's why they spend time working on their shot so
2: definitely um you brought up a good point uh about how they mentioned that Troy Brown is a Swiss army knife Troy Brown was actually a point guard for his high school team so he he has you know ball handling experience and he has some point guard in him which is really good because if you were to tell me you know Kelly Oubre and Mike Scott and Thomas Sadoransky are your second unit, Troy Brown could complement them pretty well, because at that point, Sadoransky is the only one that you can trust with the ball. But even then, we saw Sadoransky get exposed a little bit in the playoffs with pressure. But maybe Troy Brown can be like a point forward and he can, you know, ball handle and create for others and kind of you know, not always grab a rebound and look for Wall or Beal because they're the only ones that can handle the ball. So I'm... It's very unfortunate, but it's what all Wizards fans do. You know, we get really upset and then we start looking into it and then we get... we buy into it. We get happy and then we get sad
1: and then we get angry. It's it's like a really bad relationship, but... Yeah, I mean, he's so versatile and I'm just I'm so excited. I'm truly excited to see how he pans out for us. And I'm hoping that, you know, we're all wrong. Because, you know, we are all very skeptical. I'm hoping that he doesn't, you know, end up like every other pick we've had in the past.
2: Right. It's just unsettling to hear quotes from Ernie. And he was asked to assess, you know, what they saw in Troy Brown and mentioned a lot of clichés in my opinion but that he's a hard worker and he really impressed them during the workout and you know he even drew up a play and that really impressed you know the For front last office. minute
1: uh, right. shot attempt in a game
2: yeah but what i don't what i don't appreciate is how ernie is talking about the roster and acting like everything is established already he mentioned that we have two all-stars which is true he mentioned that we have, you know, a really efficient third option, which is Otto Porter, and then he mentioned a great complement of veterans, and then you know, Scott Brooks mentioned he's going to have to fight for a rotation spot and you know earn them. But why this team? do yeah, have got... to fight though? This team just got an eighth seed with a maxed out roster in terms of money that is being spent. But you're immediately saying, oh, we're pretty good, you know, hopefully Troy Brown does something. Because, I mean, we have Gortat that is a superstar, and we have Mahimi and Mike Scott and Sadoransky and Meeks off the bench. Hopefully Troy Brown can find a spot. That, that's the mindset that scares me, because that's a mindset of someone that's pretty content with how things are, and that's the biggest you know, fear and issue that Wizards fans have with the team is that there's always a sense of oh this is okay or like this is good enough there's never a, a oh no 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 we need to get rid of meeks and mahimi and jason smith and find some young talent that can contribute off the bench and not to mention you know being super cheap because they're a draft pick and they're not making 13 or 15 million dollars yet I, I i don't understand that vision and i think that's where my fear comes in about what is going to end up happening with Troy Brown. Is he actually going to play or is he going to be a project where, you know, with a minute left in the game, Troy Brown checks in? Like that's that's my biggest issue.
1: You're you're absolutely right. I mean, it is very concerning that Ernie has stated that, you know, this is fine, this is good, but we have to come to terms with it. I mean, if you look at the roster, we do have decent players and we do have the talent But for some reason last season, we couldn't get them to jive well together. So being an eighth seed, you know, this is not okay. And obviously there are some things that need to be reworked. And like I said, you know, we're not the GM. So I'm hoping he's got some magic up his sleeve. I know the chances of that because of past experiences have been low. But, you know, hopefully Troy will be valuable to us and we can kind of change the roster a little bit and I know there's been some rumors about Gortat leaving so I guess we'll just you know only time will tell
2: exactly yeah and if Troy Brown is going to be someone that checks into a game and can defend really well on nights where you know Wall and Porter and Beal are getting exposed and playing Ole defense that sounds pretty good to me that sounds like a piece that we need and hopefully he does actually get playing time that's my biggest concern so you mentioned, we've mentioned Marching Gortat and the trade that did not happen. Um, what, give us a prediction. What do you think is going to happen with Gortat? Uh, you can do anything from where he's going to get traded, what are we going to get back, or it can be more general, like what would you like to happen with Gortat?
1: Well, I would like him to leave, first of all, <laughs> I think. Him and the organization, they're just not seeing eye to eye. So I feel like, you know, he's not, you know, Twitter always argues that Gortat is like the worst thing in the history of the Wizards. And while part of that may be true, you know, he's not the worst player we could have. Do I think he's overpaid? Absolutely. I am thinking he might go to the Clippers or he might go to Phoenix or somewhere He's definitely going on the West Coast because they said something. I heard rumors about the West Coast, and I'm not sure where he's going to end up or what we're going to get for it. But I'm feeling like if they're going to make that trade, they have to give something else along with it, which is why I keep mentioning Ubre. But yeah, I'm just this. Your guess is as good as mine with this one.
2: Yeah, or maybe
1: the Mavs too. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, uh, it was revealed yesterday that. Uh, The Clippers and the Mavericks were two teams that were interested in Gortat at the trade deadline, but nothing ended up working out, unfortunately. But I don't really have... uh, I I mean, obviously, I'm not Gortat's biggest fan by any means. I I appreciate the work that he's done. I think it's very, uh, you know, not everyone can do what he did, but I think it's time to move on because there were too many things that he did, such as talking about retirement, you know, when the Orlando Magic were in town and how he wanted to end his career there. And I just, the mentality and the the quote about, oh, this was a great team win. Like, I I just, those type of things seem to me like they're locker room distractions. And we clearly, at least I've been able to see these last couple of years, Wall grow ever more frustrated with Gortat and his inability to just, finish at the basket I I remember like a couple years ago I saw Wall get like very very frustrated and like yelled at Cortot for not dunking the ball instead of just trying his like push shots and I I think all that just unmotivates you to play like what you're gonna break down a defense and give a highlight pass just for like your center to like blow the layup or to you know clunk it off the backboard and it's just we just need a change of scenery for Gortat. Um where we will definitely probably feel his um, his absence to start. But I don't think it's anything that we can't overcome. Um, I, I think in terms of Gortat's destiny, I would say that we just need pieces back. Whether it's you know an equivalent bad contract with just you know just the change of scenery, that's fine with me. I don't really have any specific trades in mind. Um, I would have ideally liked to have seen us package Gortat and Ubre to get into the draft late last night, um, into the first round, and maybe get pick up you know you know Robert Williams or Alani Walker something like that. But the Wizards are definitely hopefully not done because there are still big question marks. You know who's going to back up Bradley Beal? If it's really going to be Jody Meeks. Like, the, that's depressing.
1: That's that's very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. comment too much about that, but that's very <laughs> yeah. interesting.
2: Yeah, so sure. who's going to back up John Wall? Hopefully it's Thomas Sadoransky. He did fantastic during the regular season. You he know, did he just,
1: great. I was so impressed by him.
2: He just struggled in the playoffs and had a short leash, and Ty Lawson did what he had to do, which was he made some jump shots, and that's what we needed. Killed but it. Long-term-wise, Thomas Sadoransky, I feel like, is a solution. Um, Otto Porter, with his injury, his hip injury, you know, now we have some options with Kelly Ubre and Troy Brown to maybe light a fire under Ubre. You know, those nights where, you know, we just sit and moan and groan about how Kelly Ubre's playing out of control. Well, now there's Troy Brown, who seems like he's more level-headed and has some ball handling and some IQ that he can bring to the lineup. And then we look at Markeith Morris, You know, who's going to back up Morris? That's kind of a question mark, especially if we can't sign uh, Mike Scott. I'm really hoping we can retain Mike Scott because that would be a huge loss. And then we get to that center position, and it's just a bunch of stone colded, you know, stone-feet centers that would have been great in the early 2000s with Cortad and Mahimi. I would be okay with Jason Smith getting playing time. I mean, he doesn't have to play... 20 to 25 minutes if he can do 15 minutes and contribute like that sounds good to me but yeah i, I think it's going to be an interesting off season and you know becca i'm going to put you on the spot what mm-hmm. does the Wizards starting five look like for the first regular season game for this upcoming season what were their starting
1: oh, no. five look like? um <laughs> it's well Right now, I'm seeing Wall, Beal, Otto, and I don't know why. Like, I'm still set on like Demarcus Cousins. I don't know if that's a possibility. And then I'm looking at um maybe Keith, but I, I see I don't know because if we trade Gortat, who are we gonna get for him? And is does he have the potential to start? Right. So I'm not. It's it's all a huge gray area right now, and you know it's going to change a lot this summer. Our opinions, it's going to change day to day, and it's just it's crazy. I mean, who who knows what's going to happen?
2: I mean, yeah, that that's pretty much it. I'm I'm of that belief that you know Demarcus Cousins ends up on the Wizards one way or another. I think LeBron James is a pipe dream because I feel like it's between you know LA or Cleveland. Even though if I was LeBron, I would go to Philadelphia. But that's I would
1: me. too. God, that that would be so crazy to have all those guys in LeBron.
2: That yeah, I mean further depression for us, but at the same time, you know. But it's... I would be
1: happy to see the Sixers get somewhere. So yeah. it, it wouldn't make me happy, but I know it would make a lot of their fans happy.
2: Yeah, that's they haven't true. had
1: things to cheer for in a while. So
2: yeah, all right. Well, that is going to be it for us. Uh, the, that is your draft re-pa- recap. We that is your draft recap. We selected Troy Brown with the 15th overall pick, and I had Becca at Becca MVP with me to break it down and yes. to give some predictions. Uh, we will have more starting next week. Uh, you know. Hopefully, Gortat gets traded, and we will be able to put some, some more pieces together. But until next week, I am Arthur Rinald, your host for tonight's episode. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Wizards. My Twitter handle is at District Mamba. Becca's is at Becca MVP, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Hey, Prime members.